Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Danielle Enblom. We recorded this back in May at the Earful of Fiddle Music and Dance Camp. Thank you again for having me out and letting me record all your wonderful teachers. Everyone should go to Earful of Fiddle. Check it out at earfulofiddle.com. This episode is brought to you in part by Brooks Banjos. Testimonial time. Brooks set up my banjo last spring, and it's played perfectly ever since. It always had some issues, and I thought they were just quirks that I had to live with, but he easily took care of them all. That's because Brooks has 20 years of experience making and repairing banjos and replicating vintage banjo hardware, all with raw lumber and brass stock. He's taken apart just about every kind of open back banjo, so he knows what makes them tick. Brooks Banjos is a one-person shop. His banjos aren't hurried in large batches like mine was. (laughs) They're made one by one with a master's precision. And when I say master, we're talking 10,000 hours here. For elegance through simplicity and reasonable prices, discounts available for performing musicians, get a Brooks Banjo. Visit brooksbanjos.com or follow the link in the show notes on your podcast app. Stick around after the interview and I'll tell you how you can keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Danielle Enblum. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for having me. 
So uh, that was a jig. Got it on the first try. Great. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't do tons of takes just for me. <laughs> you did fabulous. Thanks. You too. Uh, yeah. That's so much fun. You, uh, you do Irish dance. I do Irish dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do, you do. do Irish dance. You're right. <laughs> um, it's kind of a, lo- a loaded statement. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing you do. Uh, we're at Earful of Fiddle mm-hmm. Music and Dance Camp, and you are here to do the dance part specifically, although you also are a fiddler. Yeah. And you taught me all of these Irish tunes yeah. <laughs> on fiddle and you play them slowly so that I could be alone in my cabin and learning them. And you literally <laughs> learned them all in like two days, which is yeah. amazing. This is silly that we're, <laughs> that we're, that we're like, that this is all happening. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this is going to happen. There's <laughs> 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 so many, so we many obstacles. It. This is so last uh, minute too, or at the very, or not last minute, at the end. This is your first time here, too. This is my first time. I think this might be my first time in Michigan, actually. Oh, wow. Because you grew up in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. And you live in Minneapolis. I live in Minneapolis. But you never... Came Never Michigan. <laughs> my mom. My mom went to the Upper Peninsula last year. Mm. Um, so, so <laughs> where the Uppers are. But I didn't go there. You didn't go there. Uh, yeah, this is my first time being in Michigan on purpose too. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I had coffee in Detroit once. Okay. On my way through. Right. That's I've it. probably. Oh, but like driving through or in the airport. Driving through. Okay, that probably counts more than me. I've probably been in the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't real places. <laughs> Those are just weird portals between. Uh, right. Yeah. When did you start dancing? Well, I started uh, dancing when I was a little girl. Probably, I mean, when I was a baby, I started doing all sorts of creative movement and ballet and jazz and modern. And um, and then it was when I was, and my mom, my mom actually uh, took dance classes in college when she was pregnant with me. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she always likes to talk about that. Had she danced before that? She had, yeah. I think she's always been interested in dance. Yeah. And she used to actually, like, I was a really shy child, and she used to embarrass me all the time because she would dance in public all the time, and I hated it. So <laughs> what kind of dancing did your mom do in public? Um, just like, you know, like, hippie mom dancing kind yes, of stuff. Yes, that... Yeah. yeah. Which now I do in Which public. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't have any children to embarrass. So. Yeah. 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 And then, um, and then when I was in third grade, um, I had to play violin or I had to play a stringed instrument for school. And I really wanted to play cello because I thought all the kids on the school bus with their big cellos looked so cool. Yeah. But my mom made me play violin. Violin. Why? <laughs> violin. Um, okay. Because... Like her best friend's best friend was a violin teacher, yeah, and um, was willing to do exchanges for um, massages. Actually, my okay. mom is also kind of like an amateur. She she's really good at giving back rubs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started playing violin and um, with this woman Anne Viviano in Minneapolis, and she also played some Irish music and was into going to Kaylee's. Yeah. And so this was like when I was ten years old, and my parents actually happened to be getting divorced at the time. And so Anne was single with a lovely German shepherd named Sashi. And uh, I would go over to her house and do these lessons. And Anne kind of took me under her wing as my parents were going through this stage in their life, like as a friend of a friend of my mom's. And so she would take me out to Kaylee's and she'd take me out to the jam sessions. Mm. And both my parents, and so I like, I just 
fell in love with Irish dancing and Irish music at this stage. And I was also doing ballet and all that. Um, but um, my, both my parents kind of like got on the bandwagon at a certain yeah. stage and like re- recognized it as a way to connect with me. Yeah. Um, so like my mom like started, so I started doing like competitive Irish step dancing and eventually I quit all the, I quit like day to day or week to week like ballet and just, just started doing competitive Irish step. Yeah. And my mom would come and do the adult classes and like we'd yeah. compete in like the mom and daughter two hand at the fesh. Yeah. And, cool. uh, and my dad would take me out to the jam session on Wednesday nights. So like I would be like 10 and 11 years old and he'd sit at the bar and have a couple of pints and yeah. I'd sit and play my like. 10 polkas and hang out until like 1am with all the old musicians and play tunes. That sounds so great. (laughs) Yeah. It was a really cool, it was, yeah, Yeah. it was a special way to kind of like get, get into it all. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when you were like staying up till one in the morning with all all the old guys? Yeah. Like 11 years old. And this was back when you could smoke in bars and I'd like get home and not shower and like (laughs) go to school the next morning reeking of cigarette smoke. But you, like, had bars that were, like, uh, I guess kid-friendly? Or because, like, Irish pubs are, like... Yeah, the They're pub- not, like, 21 and over in a Right, and yeah. I think if they served food... I think some of the situations were a little iffy. Like, there yeah. were moments. <laughs> like, where I hid in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I think, overall, it was it was pretty legit and okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool, because, you know, like, I was doing... I, I was kind of unique at that stage... Um, because I was doing competitive step dancing and most of the other competitive step dancers were really just in that world and didn't know anything about like much about greater Irish culture. And we were dancing to our recorded music and then going to competitions. But I was getting to have this like regular kind of introduction into the music scene and had a lot of people kind of take me under their wings. And there, there are a lot of fabulous Irish musicians in the Twin Cities. So there, I, I had a lot of great influences and yeah. Yeah, this is like kind of a through line that I'm realizing as I'm like interviewing dancers and hanging out with dancers is like, it seems like there tends to be a a separation between the music and dance communities. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to sort of walk in both worlds, they like really inform each other. Absolutely. And those, and I think the the personal relationships are a big part of that, you know, and the personal relationships have created the opportunities for like the musical relationships to, you know, or for the dance and the music to kind of cross over with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we do another, uh, which, which one do you want to do next? Well, okay. So the tune you just played, the tune you opened with, um, the reason I chose that is because that's a tune that I, I kind of, we're kind of going with like a cork theme here. Oh, great. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. County cork, um, which is, um, what I happen to have written my thesis about, my master's thesis, yeah. the, the history, historic, historical and cultural paradigms of the dance tradition in County Cork, yeah. which then extends to like the early European dancing master traditions and dancing master traditions all over Ireland, and then like the diaspora and how that spread. But Cork was the main focus. And I just happened to actually get this fellowship to do this particular research. Like I didn't choose it. Um, but I also, like 15 years ago, studied at University College Cork in Cork. Yeah. 
and that's where I I uh, I studied. I did a diploma in traditional Irish music, and got to do fiddle lessons and Kaylee band and and uh, yeah. dance lessons along with all the academic stuff. Um, and my fiddle teacher at UCC was Connie O'Connell, and the jig that we did is Connie O'Connell's jig. Yeah. Um, and so, and the, the the dance steps I did are just kind of a mishmash of of stuff. But I think, yeah, we could either do the hornpipes or the blackbird. Let's do the blackbird. Let's okay. get those like tough ones out of the way. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just I'll be so much this more relaxed. This is so tough. This is not easy. I'm, this is so hard. It's, it's so hard. I'm <laughs> bending over backwards for you. I, I, I didn't make I'm it not even the dancer. <laughs> and, and I think it's worth noting that you don't really play jigs. Uh, I guess I do now. You do now. I, I have too much that. skin in the game to quit. <laughs> but so. Great. And um, this is a set dance that I picked up while I was in Cork learning from, I spent a year learning from my dance teacher, Peggy McTaggart, who was a phenomenal dancer and influential human being in the world of competitive Irish dance. Um, but I learned a lot of old steps from her. And uh, this is a set dance that is really common. Um, most Irish step dancer, competitive Irish step dancers will dance the blackbird. Um, but um, there are tons of old versions. Hey, this is like a quirky version. This right? is a quirky yeah. version. Yeah, this is an old version that comes from Quirk. Um, yeah. <laughs> I meant to say quirky. What did you say? Did I say quirky? I think quirky? Said... <laughs> yeah, all right. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to do dad jokes. They're just happening. Uh. Yeah, this is a quirky version, and it's so much fun to. There are lots of different versions, um, and I have I have like one, two, three, I have maybe like four or five versions of the Blackbird. Some from one from North Kerry, uh, a couple from Cork, um, and this one was known as the Long Blackbird in the early days of competition. Yeah, it's not longer than any other Blackbird, <laughs> um, but uh, for the for the dance history nerds out there, this uh, particular version. Um, I actually got this version from Peggy and from a woman named, at, at different stages of my life, and from a woman, a Cork woman named Anne Walsh, and from um, uh, another dance historian, um, John Cullen Ann. So it's a set dance because there's a set piece that all dancers would do that, come from, that comes from one particular dancing master. Yeah. Um, so all the dan Irish dancing masters would have their own versions of these dances. And, um, and then you would actually do your own hornpipe in addition to the set piece. Okay. So this is kind of, we're talking about the B part of the tune. And okay. Yeah, and the set piece in this one comes from, an, um, I think comes from an Irish dancing master, a cork dancing master named Stevie Comerford, and um, it's known as Comerford's Pick. Like his okay. cho his choice. I think. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just check my tuning real quick. Great. Oh, and I can I say another thing yes. about this dance? Yes. So the thing that I love about learning these other versions of the Blackbird, and actually that I love about doing this with you on the five string banjo, is kind of like reimagining a tune that is so just like almost feels overdone. Like you know that like you know like the first tunes you ever learn. Yeah. And they just get to the point where like you never want to play them again. Yeah. And the like blackbird set dance is kind of one of those. Yeah. Um, and even though the tune, the tune, like I appreciate the tune in a new way hearing yeah. you play it on the banjo. And it, the same thing happens for me with like learning these other versions because it interprets the tune. It interprets the tune rhythmically in a different way. Yeah. And so I'm actually I have a project that I'm working on with a baron player. In oh, cool. New York. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were telling me about this. Like, no, um, no pitched instruments, right? Just you and... Well, the basis the... is me and Anna. This woman, Anna Colleton. Yeah. And, um, and then we have musicians joining us, yeah. but the show itself kind of stands... Like, we've done the work, and then musicians are able to, like... Sure pick their hornpipes and we'll kind of and do some funky stuff in there too cool but it's kind of set up so that we can have musicians come through yeah and so so we're getting to play around with rhythm and Anna and I kind of came together um, because we both love how each other like plays and dances to the music yeah and uh, and I kind of hear Anna and I think oh my god you know all that stuff like the way she interprets music is so incredible and um, I could never do that you know it's like my, my initial thought so we both kind of came together with this with this idea that you know like the bar on player is relating to the music and then the dancer is relating to the music yeah and there's almost like this triangle happening yeah and we're not we're usually not coordinating like when we're at a session or when we're you right. know like you're you're relating to the like the melody and mm -hmm. and like but the drum isn't necessarily relating to what you're doing exactly yeah. it's not like a triangle with like a missing Side. Right. Like yeah. usually, yeah, and, and yeah. We don't, dancers and barn players maybe don't operate in the same space yeah. so often. Huh. So there isn't, like, I think, like Anna has said, like when she's playing with a guitar, like she'll kind of follow their lead with rhythmic stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but we don't, like, usually the baron will maybe just, like, fall back and let the dancer go be front and center rhythmically. Yes. Yeah. And so we've been playing around with, like, what that relationship between the two of us can look like. And it's turning into all sorts of cool things. Ah, I want to see that. Yeah, and it's called Playground. 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 And yeah, it's, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, be getting things up and running here probably at the end of, end of cool. this year. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Blackbird. The Blackbird. And this is one that, we were doing, that we're doing in, in this project. Oh, cool. And so it's really fun for me to be able to have, like Anna has learned my steps Rhythm for rhythm, but also like sound for sound. Oh man! So we get to kind of like play, like layer. I, I kind of think of it as like layering time and place and person on top of each other in one space, which yeah. you don't you you don't get to do. You get to experience them, especially as somebody who doesn't know dancing. I'll be like, oh, here's one version of the Blackbird, and I'm gonna dance this, and yeah. here's another, and people are people don't really understand, or it doesn't compute yeah. if you just heard it once. Yeah. But if we can, like, when we layer them together, it kind of gives you a little bit of a different perspective in how they relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I can't wait. Okay. I can't wait to hear that. So let's do, um, should we do, uh, uh, potatoes? <laughs> yeah. Do you have, yeah? Does yeah. that work?
there was a skit last night and Bach pretended to be me doing Get Up in the Cool and like the main joke was just like, <laughs> you know, like uh, they would get done playing and he doesn't play banjo so he's like, ah. <laughs> and then they'd play for like two seconds and then he would go, ha 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 ha. It's like, and oh, you got me. <laughs> now you'll forever remember that. Uh, mm. Wow, that is such a... That's like the one of the quirkiest tunes I've ever heard. Like, weird. <laughs> like it goes in such weird directions. And I think it's really, I think it's interesting that the part, like the parts that were the trickiest for you, are the parts that I always mess up on in the dance too. Yeah. Yeah. Not because you're messing up. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting how that works, huh? Just hmm. yeah, that doesn't quite work. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I love that. I like, like I love that dance now. And I actually had been planning on doing the like standard version and this version, and I didn't because I don't like the other one. So yeah. this one's more fun. So yeah, I it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Hmm. So you studied in Cork, mm-hmm. um, and earlier in the on in the week, it, you made it sound like you were mostly kind of doing fiddling there right yeah I so quit you did dancing a, you quit dancing yeah I wasn't a dancer I was like in therapy over the fact that I wasn't dancing anymore why did you quit dancing <clears throat> I got mono in high school oh no yeah mono's the worst yeah and I didn't know it for months you just thought you were dying <laughs> God, yeah. oh, no. I thought I was dying and I thought like and everybody in my life thought I was just off the deep end partying a ton which I kind of was doing that too I wasn't off the deep end yeah, but like any amount of partying with mono is like right. yeah. <laughs> bad news. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I was like, yeah, I was socializing a lot on the weekends and having fun, but then also like um, getting like having like horrible headaches that like, and like I don't take a lot of like I don't really take painkillers. No amount of like ibuprofen or Tylenol would get rid of these headaches. Yeah, and then I was getting home from school and just falling asleep yeah. and missing dance class. Yeah, and um, just and so it just kind of led to this like gradual falling out of it. And like school, my, my grades plummeted and everything. Man. And uh, yeah, so I just, I, I... How long were you sick with it? Um, well, I think it was probably a good like five or six months before I got diagnosed. Oh my God, Danielle. I know, and I was going to the school nurse and being like, there's something wrong with me. And like with these horrible like sore throats and they were like, just drink juice, you'll be fine. Drink juice? They literally told me to just drink juice. No, school yeah. nurse. I know, and I was like, yeah. and That's I That's like, the worst advice I've ever heard. Right, horrible. 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 Like, it doesn't even sound real in hindsight that somebody would tell you that. Man. Yeah. You know, you just, like, you think that adults have it all figured out and right. <laughs> they can take care of you. And then and then you grow up and become an adult. You're like, all right, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but <laughs> still, you know, it's like, right. okay. I know. Not too much judgment, but also, like, yeah. come on. There's, yeah, there's but some drink juice. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so that's why you quit. You Like, when you recovered... It was, yeah, I was at an age, like, when, when you're a competitive Irish step dancer, <sighs> yeah. you kind of, like, it's kind of over for a lot of people at, like, 17, 18 anyways, once you start getting ready to go to college. And yeah. I was kind of getting to that point anyways. Oh, man. So there really wasn't much point in getting back into it. And it was, like, it was actually really hard for me. Um, like, I actually, I was looking for, uh, my mom's a psychologist, and I kind of, like, joke tongue-in-cheek about the fact that I've been, like, in therapy my whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and I kind of have, like, you know, like, my yeah. parents got divorced, I'm to therapist, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was, like, looking for a new therapist, and, like, I was just kind of shopping ther- 
shopping around for therapists and go, I like, I wasn't finding anyone I liked, but like every therapist I went to, like the main theme was like, I don't dance anymore. And this is really sad. Yeah. And I would like cry over it. Oh man. Yeah. So I, so then I uh, started college. I did my first year at the university of Minnesota. At this stage I was a math major and um, I happened to the year before I started college. I think I went to Ireland for the first time. Uh, which is where I, I realized just actually a couple weeks ago, which is where I was first introduced to Shan Nose dancing. Shan Nose? Shan Nose. Shan Nose. Shan. Shan. <laughs> Don't make me tell you how to pronounce Irish words. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Shan. Yeah. Shan Nose or Shan Nose. Okay. And there's two N's in there. Yeah, S-E-A-N-N-O-S. Oh, two N's. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah. It's in here. I'm not going to say it, but it's in there so accurately. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm, the extra N. Okay. <laughs> that, that changes everything. <laughs> okay. Why, what is this dancing? So this is, um, this is the, the term that is used for um, an old style of dancing in Ireland that comes from the west of Ireland from Connemara. Um, it's kind of a, a loaded term potentially, um, and I'm hesitant to talk about it too much. Okay. Um, just because it was a term that was that was used because of competition, um, and it was it was used to kind of differentiate like the people from the west who weren't from this dancing master tradition. Yeah. Because they couldn't really compete against the dancing master people. Interesting. Yeah. So they're like, this is so on a different level that it's just another genre of it's, dance. Yeah, and interestingly, they, that, they called it shandos, which means like the old way. It's roughly. Okay. Yeah. But it, that's in a kind of like, there's a little bit of shade in that. There could, yeah. There yeah. Could, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the main thing, which yeah. is silly because what competitive Irish step dancing did in the late 18, early 1900s was um, make it more. Um, Homogenous. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because of all the different dancing traditions. Yeah. But once you're competing, right. those aren't like necessarily celebrated. Right. Yeah, and, it, or, it, or welcome or helpful to, yeah. to judge people who have all these different styles. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so because of that, I mean, I, so when I was a competitive step dancer, I had this idea that if you weren't crossing your feet out and, and, or crossing your, yeah, crossing your feet over and turning your feet out and had your arms down at your sides that you didn't really like that you weren't doing something legitimate Yeah. in this Irish tradition. And then once I started learning about these older styles, I had this like idea that like this modern version of Irish step dancing also like wasn't legit. And then like once I did my master's degree on all of this and wrote my thesis, I was like, oh, it's all valid and it's all just you know representative yeah. of place and time and person man this is like it's just like eerily similar to so many old time music conversations well, totally yeah. it's, a conversa it's a conversation about tradition <laughs> yeah, right totally. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's been so it's been so cool for me yeah. being like at this at camp with all you old time people yeah. and hearing all your conversations and just kind of like sitting and listening like like I can participate in all the stuff that's happening in the moment but when you guys start talking about like people and stories and stuff yeah. that's when I like kind of sit back and go like oh I like these are the same stories right you're just replacing about. names yeah. like in your head <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh yeah they're talking yeah. about this guy and I hear you all like laughing yeah. and you're all in the know and I'm like oh this is we do this in Irish yeah. music yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the, my favorite moments of that this week is um, Jake Blunt um, is learn he he's learning 
he's learning how to play. What's his name? It was Cooj something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this black fiddler, and he's learning to play his version of Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> right. And his plan is to compete at Clifftop and to get into the finals and then play that version of Pop Goes the Weasel. Amazing. Yeah, so I really <laughs> hope it works. He was practicing it like all day yesterday. It started as a joke. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Wait, was this spurred by the fact that the kids danced to Pop Goes the I Weasel? Think, yeah, I think we reminded him. Amazing. And he's like, oh, Oh yeah, I, I forgot. <laughs> I love that. Cause yeah, cause we we had the, at the showcase last night. The little kids did a Shannos dance to Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, very good. Well, you played with Marty Sandberg. Yeah, is that tradition also with a? It's a brush dance. Do they mm-hmm. do that in that tradition as well, or is that a melding of? Um, the brush dance is something that like uh, has has become more prevalent as Shannos dancing has become more prevalent. And, okay. I mean, and that's not to say it didn't start there but that's like it's been a thing that's kind of i think been revived in the in the pop culture of irish dancing in the last 20 years and the kids were like doing great but like also just sort of at the end of the rope and you're like they need some sort of like prop or something yeah we need to do some gimmicky stuff can you swear on this podcast yeah swear all the cusses you want (laughs) (laughs) they need some gimmicky shit here at the end of the yeah they were they were done and you were you were playing for that dance class yeah. Yeah. And so we did Pop Goes the Weasel, which Great. is a jig. Yeah. And typically brush dances would be with reels, but since they had been practicing their jigs all week, yeah, it was sure. perfect. And they did fabulous. Yeah. And they danced <laughs> they around the room. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so many wonderful tangents. You were going to talk about, you did talk about Shannon's dancing. Yeah. 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 Shannon's. Shannon's. <laughs> I feel like you're just gaslighting me now. <laughs> this is a, I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel like I don't know how to not attack. Uh, right okay. Now. okay. Okay. So, to to what extent does that play into your choreography and your dancing? Yeah. So okay. So we were talking. Okay. Let's go like way back. We were talking yes. about therapy and cork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um. And I, so when I went to Ireland for the first time, um, I actually uh, met some friends of friends and there was this one woman, or there is this one woman named Helen Gubbins, who's an accordion player from Limerick and a button box player and um, met her when I was at Cork visiting. And, um, and she was like, oh, you're an Irish dancer. Like, have you ever like heard of this other style of dancing? And she like showed me like the one Shannos step she knows, which is yeah called the Connemara step and she showed me this fun little like combo she does for fun with it and it's like all she all she did for dancing and this is what I was actually with Helen in mm. Wicklow in Ireland like two weeks ago and we were talking about this and I was like oh my god Helen you I think you introduced me to Shannos dance and then I kind of like got curious about it but there this was at just a point in time when you couldn't find anything like this on YouTube Man, that's crazy to think of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And huh. so you had to literally like go to Ireland or find people who were coming over to do workshops. Yeah. And concurrently, um, another woman, another girl at the time uh, named Anna Lethert in Minneapolis was doing was doing the same thing. She was like going over to Ireland and learning Shannos dancing and taking workshops. And we knew of each other. We were kind of like the two kids in the Irish scene growing up. And We'd be like yeah. at Kaylee's, and I'd be like, "Oh, there's that other girl." Like, were you like competitive with her? Were you think, frenemies with her? I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was like a, a, a conscious thing, but I think we were just kind of like, "Who is that?" Like, we never really like connected. Yeah. We even went to the same high school. She was, I think, two years below me, and we had like a class together, and we're like, "That's the other girl that Irish dances," 
And yeah, and like she'd be the other Irish dancer at all the Kayleys and stuff. Yeah. And um, and so she was going over and hanging out. She has got a lot of her parents have a lot of connections to Ireland and Irish music, and so she was just going over and hanging out and like nannying on and during her summers for for some some folks in Donegal, and picking up these steps. And we had this moment. It was right after I'd graduated from high school, and she was still in high school. And we were at actually Kieran's Irish pub downtown Minneapolis. And I think we had, I don't even remember, but we had a moment where we like realized we were both learning this style of dance. And so that has spurred, like, she's like one of my closest friends now and we're dance, we're dance partners. We, this spurred this whole awesome. like years of us both going and learning and coming back and working on things together and sharing steps with each other. And like to the, like we, I was just visiting her in Sligo where she currently lives and we haven't danced together in months, maybe even a year. And uh, we were at a pub and they asked us to get up and do a step and we had literally I literally like got into the bus station at 10:30 and we got yeah. to the pub at 11 yeah. and meeting some other friends from Minneapolis and they were like will you dance and we were like sure and we just get and like we it just we've been dancing together for and we learned together that we can just it we we dance in sync which is really we're like we we improvise cuz Shanna's dancing is largely improvised oh cool yeah and so like we improvise together we talk to each other while awesome. we're dancing we're like do this next do this next I was wondering about that because um, playing for Sheila's class, you know, she was she was talking about Sheila the, Gra- Graziano. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, um, who I believe was one of Nick's first teachers. Yeah. 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 Nick Garris. Nick Garris. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. <laughs> yeah. We all know the who Nick. I'm talking about. Nick with a C. Uh, yeah. Um, when I was playing for her, her class, it she was using a lot of language about like the dances. She was like, "These are these like really specific dances, like where you do these specific moves." Yes. And I I was like, "Oh yeah, what, is there like a an improvisatory yeah tradition improvisational yeah. yeah yeah?" And I think okay, Sheila's steps are incredible. We're we're going so off topic, but this can be like a little just like smattering of all the things. Okay. But sh- like. Her stuff, oh, so cool. So she has these, this like repertoire from this family, the Marleys, who were vaudeville dancers from England. And they have, they had um, kind of influences from English and Scottish and Irish dance in their vaudeville show. And she has this series of steps from them, which is so cool. And I got to learn them from her this week. And I'm so excited. She's like a, a tradition. She's like a holder of this particular tradition. Oh, that's like her thing. Yeah, it's totally her thing. And she's like collected them from... Um, like she's, she's met the source and then collect, but you know, like who is a very old lady, um, at the time, I think I shouldn't speak for her. This is what I can remember from talking with, with Sheila briefly this week. Um, but yeah, and it's so cool because like, so for instance, in my thesis, I write about like cork dancing masters in, uh, in North America and how, uh, that they influenced dancing here, competitive step dancing and also, um, American vernacular dance. Yeah. And um, write a lot about like it's like speculation about like who influenced X, Y, and Z in like vaudeville and minstrelsy. Yeah. And this is like an actual and like I've wondered what these steps could possibly look like, you yeah. know. And here we are actually like seeing some of these vaudeville steps. It's incredible. And dancing them and dancing them. Yes. I'm so excited about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do another let's do another tune. Cool. Um. So let's do uh, hornpipes. Hornpipes. You cool with that? Yes. Um, so these, so so I'm gonna just throw a bunch of steps together, but this will bring lead us to a, a kind of the final final bit of my story about going to Cork and UCC. So I went back to college and then ended up going and studying uh, at UCC my sophomore year in college, and that's where I started dancing again. 
Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Forgot we had to pick up that thread yeah. again. <laughs> Even though I had been doing Shan Notes, but I yeah. learned from this woman, Peggy McTaggart, and had no idea the like gems and wealth of tradition that I was learning from her. Yeah. And so um, a couple of these steps are Peggy steps. A couple of these steps are newer steps, not newer steps that I've recently collected from like Cork and North Cary um, that are very old and from old dancing masters. <laughs> yeah. And we tune pound this tune. We know the name of it now. Yeah. Uh, Kitty's Wedding. Kitty's Wedding. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so uh, we should mention, like, you some. Do you call those your leathers? The other ones. I have what? fallen into calling them that. I suppose. Okay. Yeah. My, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have taps and not taps. I have taps and not taps, yeah. and they're actually the ex these happen yeah, to be the exact same shoe. Yeah. Um, K three sixties. K three sixties. Yeah. Nick Nick earlier this week was like. Are those, are those K360s? <laughs> it's just gear yeah. talk for dancers. Yeah. Oh, you got the K360s? Yeah, I got the K320s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 320s. Yeah. Um, but I think about upgrading. <laughs> I am thinking about upgrading yeah. to, to another yeah another type of shoe. I struggle with what shoes to wear because I've got my Irish hard shoes. I've got my shoes that yeah. I've other sold, my tap shoes. I've got like you know five different types of tap shoes that sound different. And it's hard to, like when you're doing a gig, I'd love to not carry around a million shoes with me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I'm at yet with that. Yeah. So these are obviously these are my tap shoes. Yeah. These are my tap shoes. These are the taps. Yeah. Um, great. I want to ask you after this what a hornpipe is because it's a word that I've heard thrown around a lot. Let's do it and then we'll dissect it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> or you will dissect it for me. I'll try. Okay. All right.
Oh man. <coughs> So much swagger in that tune. So good. Oh man, <clears throat> that's great. All right, yeah. What? Yeah, what is a pork pie? There are so many in the states. Are they are they different from Irish ones? Or are they just descended? Like I don't know. So that's a good question, and that's something that I have read a lot about, and actually wrote a bit about in my thesis. And yes. <laughs> However, oh no! <laughs> I, I don't feel like I have. I don't feel like I can really truly speak to it. I know that um, hornpipe at one point in dance history, in Irish dance history, was kind of like a general term for a type of dance versus the rhythm. Okay. Um, and now, obviously, hornpipe is very much just like a two-four tune. Yeah. And it's always have that doop ba da ba doop ba da ba rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And some, you know, like some hornpipes are a little closer to a reel or, you know, a little further away. And actually some reels are a little closer to a hornpipe. Are you are you referring to like whether the extent to which it's swung? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I think typically reels played slowly. Ten I mean, it, it, re it varies region to region. Yeah. But typically, like, you might hear a reel as like, yep, maybe potentially. Yeah. Um, but if you slow, like a recording of somebody playing a reel down, if it sounds like that, you find there's really like a yeah, da, 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 kind of vibe in it. Yeah. And that's so hornpipes are always swung like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Kitty's wedding. Kitty's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Uh, good. All right. Taps are coming off. Taps are, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They literally are right now, but I think that's what I want to do. Yeah. For whatever's coming up. Yeah, we are. What should we what should we do next? Um, well oh we've got a ton of reels. Yeah. Like that's basically everything we have left is like four reels. Yeah. The real party. Right. <laughs> um Yeah. Let, yeah. Are we gonna dance again? Right. Yeah, let's let's do it. Are you ready? I, I am once I get my, my Okay, great. On. Once I get tuned, we'll do it. Cool. Um what kind of reel do you wanna do? Do you wanna do an, an Irish one or do you wanna do one of these old time ones? Let's try an old time one. Great. I feel very um apprehensive about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's try it. Um I Turnabout's fair play, Danielle. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh yeah. Yeah. Equity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, would you rather play for the episode um, Maggots in the Sheep Hide or Squirrel Hunters? <laughs> do you remember that? I want to do the maggot one. The maggot one, yeah. Even though I, I, yeah, yeah. Cool. Both of them are kind of about death. The names of those tunes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I wanted, to, I would love to do the squirrel one, but, but squirrel hunting is. Yeah. Are Irish tunes all about death? Yeah. They are? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's like the jig I buried my wife and danced on top of her. Oh, no. You <laughs> <laughs> get lots of fun tune names, yeah. <laughs> uh, also a jig. You'll have to learn it sometime. Great. <laughs> you and Bach and Livy, we had like a jig session for the all old time musicians this week. Yeah. Great. It's so fun. Every, oh, my God. It was so amazing. So for this camp, like, I love it so much how Nick... Uh, brings music and dancing together and mm. how every dance class had a live musician, which is so cool. Yeah. And it was fun that all of you guys were like learning hornpipes and jigs for us Irish dancers and did an amazing job. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Ready? All right.
that a, a let's end the tune look or a keep going look? <laughs> let's end the tune look. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. That's one thing about playing with new musicians is oftentimes you misinterpret which look, yeah. which look is which. <laughs> oh, you look happy. I'm going to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She likes it. <laughs> Thanks for, yeah, indulging me. Yeah, that was yeah. beautiful. Thank you for asking me to dance to that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of a shorter line from Ireland to Western Pennsylvania than from Ireland to certain areas, the, to, than to the other areas of Appalachia. That's mm. Appalachia too, but mm. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's... <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess. I'm just not going to respond to that one. Because <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Feels more Irish. Yeah. What it, yeah whatever it, that means coming like from It's kind of like diddly. Yeah. It's kind of hornpipey, actually. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Although I wasn't doing any hornpipe steps. I was doing hmm. real steps. Real steps. Yeah. R E E L. Yeah. R E E L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yeah. So, so you have this project coming up, Playground. Mm -hmm. when, when is that happening? Um, <clears throat> well, Anna's in New York and I'm in Minneapolis, so it's kind of a logistical thing. And actually, she's doing a gig in Minneapolis in August mm. when I'm in Chicago with. And she's from Chicago. Yeah. When I'm in Chicago with Nick, actually, at the Dance Studies Association Conference presenting, so we won't be together then. Um, but she's going to work with a friend of ours, Nora Rendell, who's a flute player in Minneapolis, originally from Canada. Um, and so Nora's going to be our first, our first guest musician on the project. Um, so Nora and I will be working this summer, and then Anna and Nora will be working this summer, and then the three of us are going to find a time yeah. to come together and put it all together and hopefully do um, start off with a show in Minneapolis and then um, and then see where it takes us next year. Great. Yeah. And just to clarify for the listeners um, who are unfamiliar with the instrument, because almost no one that I know knows how to actually pronounce it, including me. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's the, the baron. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that I know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled B-O-D-H-R-A-N. And I think there's a fada, like an accent on yeah. the A. Um, and I've like baron or baron yeah yeah the drum that you see in irish music the yeah. irish drum which is yeah, mistakenly um which is mistakenly oftentimes referred to as like one of the ancient irish instruments which it's not Ooh, where's it from i mean um, when is it from really i okay i'm i shouldn't be speaking to this but i think um i think it really like i don't know exactly but it came into play more in like the late 1900s wow. in irish music yeah and there's like there are two different styles kind of so the late 1900s mm -hmm. like 70s or something like recently yeah don't quote me on that but yeah you have to get anna on the podcast someday <laughs> yeah good <laughs> yeah. um but yeah and there's like two two styles kind of um and anna is able to play both and mm. one is one is a little bit considered to be more modern and one's considered to be more traditional, but when we're only talking a matter of like 15 years, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to clarify so people know why it's this project is cool. Yeah. In, in case they didn't put it together, that's that, that drum. Yeah, okay. and Anna's like one of my favorite barn players, so <sighs> it's, I'm so excited to be working with her. You have some things brewing educationally. Yeah. 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 So like dance history and dance research and how that all fits into, I mean, you know, doing, being a traditional dancer, yeah. traditional step dancer, traditional percussive step dancer, yeah. if you will, 
Um, um, the dancing itself and the artistry and the kind of innovation and creativity is one thing that really interests me. And then obviously history and um, and the stories and all the stuff that comes along with it, kind of comes behind it and holds it, is another thing that feels that they're all they're both really important. Yeah. And uh, and so I kind of have I have this uh, project that I'm calling the Step Collective, and uh, the website is just stepcollective.org uh, or .com. There's no the in front of it. Yeah. The website is just stepcollective.com. There's no the in front of it. Um, and it's, it's ultimately uh, going to be a space where, um, a resource for people to explore these traditional step dancing practices because there are so many of them and they're so related, but we just in the same way that old time music and Irish music, like we're so similar, but we don't really overlap all that much. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the, the step dancing, I think step dancers are starting to come together a lot more in the last like decade or so. Um, but there's, there's so much to be explored and shared with everybody. So this project is, is intending to, um, to explore that for people. And I've, I've been so many places, like kind of places, non-urban places, where there aren't a lot of opportunities to learn these styles of dance. Um, or in general, like, again, like things not being on YouTube because they're like not really common, so common, but people want to learn them. And so you do workshops. And then people will say, well, how can I learn more? And you just have to kind of keep going to workshops, potentially, depending on where you are, or finding, you know, whatever. And um, and so so part of this step collective is is creating tutorials and creating opportunities online for people to or resources online for people. Um, and then also um, like I do these Facebook lives every weekend, and it's just kind of me like sitting wherever I end up being half the time. It's like in my living room with my pajamas on and my slippers and coffee, <laughs> and talking about dance and tradition and teaching a couple steps. Um, but it's the step collective ultimately is going to be bringing dancers from different traditions together and yeah. creating conversations. And, um, and part of that will be like this bus tour that Anna Lethard and I are doing in Ireland oh, in 2020, cool. an Irish dancing bus tour Great. called dance away tours. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We, we both stayed up really late. <laughs> Everyone, all the Everyone. staff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last two nights, actually. Yeah. Every, almost, every night I've stayed up really late. But the last night, but the last two nights were stupid. Yeah. The last two <laughs> nights were late for me. And I'm very, I had no regrets. No regrets. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad this, yeah. yeah, I'm glad we were able to do this. I was like, ooh, this might be <laughs> not happening in a ditch. And we so. did it. I actually, did I it. woke up this morning and didn't see you like down at breakfast. It was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I better go wake Cameron up. Oh. But you were up. I was up. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go. Good for us. Kudos. Kudos. Pat on the back. High five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get to G and we'll play some reels. Awesome. Fabulous. So, uh, what reels are we going to do? Um, so, we're doing the Fair of Balhadrine, and I can't think of the name of the other tune. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs>
Check out Trad Dance Weekly at stepcollective.com for dance tutorials. Right now, it's all free, but soon it'll launch its monthly membership platform with more comprehensive lessons. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for the newsletter so you can get a monthly schedule of Danielle's Facebook Live appearances. Also look out for the Step Collective podcast coming out January 2020. And Playground, the Bowron and Dance project we talked about in the interview, is now officially called The Bad Neighbors Project, and it's launching November 15th in Minneapolis. That and Danielle's website and everything else I just mentioned is linked in the show notes on your podcast app. Thanks to Brooks Banjos for sponsoring this episode. Go to brooksbanjos.com for more info. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.